Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena and I'm bringing you today's word for November 14, 2018. I'm teaching a series entitled Standing on a Word from God. This is part 52 of the overall series, part 24 of the life of David. So we studied the life of Abraham first. We're studying the life of David, David now. Uh, uh, the title of today's message is Two Aspects of God's Grace. Um, when I look at David, and, and really today I'm going to take it you know, beyond David, really uh, to kind of focus on us and and what it is that God has called us to do. But yesterday I shared a message about purpose, uh, grace, uh, faith, and uh, vision. And today I'm going to pull the string a little bit more on grace with the two aspects of God's grace that I'll focus in on. Um, if, you, if you didn't watch today's, uh, yesterday's video, then you should. I mean, that, that was foundational teaching. So you, you should probably go back and take a look at that. And like I said, I want to add on to grace on this morning. So two aspects of God's grace that I'll focus in on. In one sense, the grace of God, when it's flowing to you, has nothing to do with you. It's like God is doing what he is doing without regard for our performance. So our relationship with the Father, in one sense, is not performance-based at all. It is grace-based. But in another sense, when the grace of God is flowing, has everything to do with our performance. <laughs> but let me explain what I mean. Um, so God enables us to perform beyond our, our power or ability or strength, right? So in one sense, it has nothing to do with us and what we're doing. And in another sense, it has everything to do with what God is enabling us to do because it is the Father living in us. This is what Jesus said in John 14 and 10. It is the Father living in us. He gives us the words and he performs the work. It is the Father putting his super on our natural, enabling us to operate in the supernatural. When the grace of God is flowing in us and through us in this way, it is clear to us and it is clear to everyone around us that is not really us. People will be able to see the hand of God on your life and they'll know that it's not really you doing it. It is the Father doing it through you. It is the grace of God. Now, I bring up these two aspects of God's grace. You may be thinking, well, Rick, I thought you said this series was entitled Standing on the Word from God. Well, for you to stand on the Word from God for the long haul, at the end of the day, when God gives you a big promise, it's going to take some time to come to pass. And for you to stand on the Word from God and to continue to stand until it comes to pass, you are going to have to get a revelation of God's grace. You have to understand what I'm talking about today, because in one sense, it has nothing to do with your performance, right? So, so that's one aspect of God's grace that you have to come to grips with, that God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you. Not because you're so good, but because he's so good. And then in another sense, at, although it has nothing to do with my performance, God is enabling me to perform, right? And so he doesn't expect me to be lazy. He doesn't expect me to sit down. I was not saved to sit. I was saved to serve. I was saved for my purpose. So I have to go do. So in one sense, it's not really about me doing because God loves me and has nothing to do with my performance. And in another sense, it has everything to do with what I'm called to do. It has everything to do with my doing, but it's not, I'm not the one doing it at that point. It is the father living in me. He gives me the words. He's performing the work. He's doing it. So the apostle Paul explained this, I guess, as well as you can explain it in first Corinthians chapter 15, verses nine and 10. I'm going to read this to you from the contemporary English version. This is what the apostle Paul said. Now I am the least important of all the apostles. In fact, I caused so much trouble for God's church that I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. You see, he's like, this is unearned. It is unmerited. It is undeserved. It's not about me at all. I don't deserve to be an apostle. I don't, but God called me anyway to do it. So he says, God treated me 
with undeserved grace, right? There's that one aspect. And so he says, he made me what I am and the grace of God that was attributed to me, I declare will not be wasted. So he's like, the, the grace of God that is on my life is not going to be in vain. God made me what I am. He did it and it was completely undeserved. And so I'm not going to waste, I'm not going to misappropriate the grace of God. So he says, I worked harder than all the other apostles. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. I worked harder. So he was like, well, in one sense, Paul's like, look, I don't deserve this thing. God called me and it's clearly undeserved. But then he says, I worked harder. And then he closes out and says, well, let me explain that. But then again, it, it really wasn't even me. It was the grace of God that worked through me. So, so, so yeah, the call came. I didn't deserve it. And then when the call came, I'm going to make sure that, that this is not a misappropriation of God's grace. So I'm going to work my butt off. But then again, when I'm working my butt off, it's not even me doing it. It is the Father living in me doing it, doing the work, right? So these are these two aspects of God's grace. And I really believe that as a believer, we got to get an understanding of this so that we could be the men, the women that God has called us to be. So let me talk about these two aspects a little bit more, and then we'll close it out. So the first aspect is grace where you don't do. Say, I don't do. So you don't do anything, right? So the first aspect is grace where it's not about your doing at all. And then the second aspect is about your doing. But let's deal with grace where you don't do. This aspect of grace is really the kind of grace that most of us are familiar with. If you read the gospel, the gospels, right, you will see Jesus. And, and the gospels kind of document the life of Jesus. And if you look at the life of Jesus, you will see how Jesus blessed people, healed people, delivered people, set them free. And it had nothing to do with their performance. It had nothing to do with anything that they did. It had, they didn't do anything to earn it. They didn't do anything to deserve it. It was completely the grace of God. Like, for example, the woman who was caught in adultery, right? She was clearly caught in adultery. She was living in sin, right? But this woman got forgiveness and she got her breakthrough. Did she earn it? No. Did she deserve it? No. Did she do anything to qualify for it? No. She received redemption. She received forgiveness. And it was completely by the grace of God. Going back to David. So David was minding his own business out there in the field. When one of his brothers comes and gets him out of the field and says, hey, man, there's a strange man in our house. And you got to run home. And he runs home. He stands in the lineup. He doesn't know what's going on. The strange man pours oil on his head and says, you're anointed to be the next king of Israel. Did David do anything? To earn that. No. Did David do anything to deserve that? No. It was purely the grace of God. The, the apostle Paul, who I quoted in today's message, he terrorized the church, right? So not only didn't he do anything to earn or deserve, not only what, what were his works not worthy of the assignment, he actually did a lot to disqualify himself from the assignment. He terrorized the church. He fought against the cause of Christ with all his might. But nothing that he did could disqualify himself from something that he never qualified for, right? He couldn't, he couldn't disqualify himself because he never qualified. Jesus qualified for him. It has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with the grace of God. God had to call Paul not because of his performance, but despite his performance. And if we would be honest, God had to do the same thing with us. Rick Pena was not worthy of this assignment. Rick Pena did nothing to deserve this assignment, but the grace of God was extended towards me and God called me from my mother's womb to preach the gospel. It is totally by grace. It is undeserved. It is unmerited. It is often unexpected and it is almost unbelievable, right? It is, it is just too good to be true that God would love me so much that he would look past my faults and my flaws and my failures and call me anyway. It is the grace of God.
That's one aspect. The other aspect is the grace to do. This aspect of God's grace is often misunderstood and, and is often not even communicated from the pulpit. Not only does God call us by grace, but then he gives us the grace to fulfill the calling. So said another way, God gives us our purpose by grace without us earning it. We don't deserve it. But then he gives us the grace to achieve it. Right. So in the scripture that I provided, 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, the Apostle Paul acknowledged the fact that God treated him with undeserved grace. Without grace, Paul would have never received such an assignment, an amazing assignment to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. God called him, Paul would later acknowledge, from his mother's womb. And then again, Paul explains that God then gave him the grace to fulfill the calling. So Paul put all his effort into maximizing his purpose and potential, and he worked his butt off. But then again, he had to acknowledge that it really wasn't even him doing it. It was the grace of God. Without the grace of God, he could never do what God called him to do. So God gave Paul grace to perform his will. And um, he actually had to give him the assignment by grace. These are the two aspects of God's grace. So you got to understand that God calls you to do something that you didn't earn. And then he gives you the power to do what he just called you to do, because without him, you can never get it done. So what does this mean to you today? I think I've already kind of explained these two aspects of God's grace, but I'll give you four things as I close out. So four things I want to share with you this morning. Open up your heart to receive the grace of God for your divine assignment that is tailor made just for you. Four things. Here we go. Number one, God looked past your faults and your flaws and your failures in order to call you to your divine assignment. He knew all the mistakes that you were going to make and he called you anyway. So this is the grace of God. It is unmerited. It is undeserved. And like I said, it's almost unbelievable because my God, why would God be so good to me? Number two, God ordained you to a specific assignment before the world began. You're, you're not a mistake. He did this with his foreknowledge of your decisions. So he knew everything that you would do right. He knew everything that you would do wrong. And he called you anyway. He called you despite your shortcomings. He called you based on his goodness, not yours. So yes, you fall short, but Jesus didn't fall short. And he called you based on Jesus, not based on you. So he attributes Jesus's righteousness to you. Jesus took on your sin so that you could take on his righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Number three, once you open your heart to God's plan, to God's purpose, to God's divine assignment, and you answer the call, you quickly realize that you cannot do what God is calling you to do. You just can't do it. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. You don't have the strength. You don't have the education. You don't have the experience. You don't have the money. So you're like, uh oh, God is calling me to do something that I cannot do. And God is like, yes, I call you to do things that you can't do so that I force you to rely on me. I put you in a position where I'm calling you to something that exceeds you. It exceeds your ability, your power, your strength. So now it puts you in a position to where you require the grace of God, right? You are requiring the father. So God calls you by grace and then he empowers you. He puts you in a position to where you know that you can never get it done without the grace of God. So now that you know that you can't get it done without him, it forces you to rely on him. You live every day reliant upon the grace of God to do what you could clearly never do without him. Number four and finally, God calls you by grace and then he gives you the grace once again to fulfill the call. So you receive his divine assignment this morning, right now. Make, a, make, make a, uh, an acknowledgement of what it is that God has called you to do. And then you must also acknowledge the fact that you can never get it done without him. So you must embrace the grace of God 
to walk out your divine assignment, knowing that without God, you could never get it done. Now, David understood this. This is how David went from shepherd to king, because without that, without, without an understanding of number one, I did nothing to deserve being called to be the king. And then number two, how in the world could I be a king? I was a shepherd. I was, I, what do I know about ruling? I don't know anything about that. So number one, I have to accept the fact that God called me to do something that's amazing. And number two, I have to accept the fact that if God doesn't give me the grace, I can't get it done. So those are the two aspects of God's grace. David understood this. He opened up his heart. He was like, fine, you call me to be king, I'll be king. I don't know how to do it, but I guess you're going to have to teach me. I guess you're going to have to give me the grace of God to get it done because it is the father living in us. He gives us the words and he performs the work. Let's close this message out with a declaration.